almost seven years ago, I began the official discernment process. In the Episcopal Church, that's the lengthy process by which someone explores a calling to serve God and the church. It involves a lot of soul-searching and prayer. More importantly, it is ultimately both a test of one's faith and an affirmation of one's faith. At that particular time, the daily lectionary readings were from Mark's Gospel, the same one we heard today. And the story of the Syrophoenician woman almost haunted me. For a week or more, I found her everywhere. In my own reading, in chapel at my school, in church on Sunday morning, even on the radio in my car. And something about this woman's determination and tenacity appealed to me. Yes, she was desperate to help her daughter. But there had to be more to it than that. How did she know Jesus was the one to help her? She wasn't a Jew. She was about as far as from being a Jew as one could possibly get. She was most likely born in Syria and spoke Greek. And her people had long been the enemies of the Jews. But there's also something about this encounter with Jesus. As Christians, we take Jesus as our model to follow. We recognize him and worship him as the Son of God. We avow our belief that he is eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. That's true and wonderful. But sometimes I think, maybe just in our minds, we diminish the idea that Jesus was also incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. He was fully God, but he was also fully human. And I think this is the one point in the Bible where we see him at his most human. He's been among the Jews teaching and healing, with the exception of the Gerasene demoniac, which was a couple of chapters earlier in Mark. And that action basically got him run out of town. So maybe he's thinking, I better stick with my people. And he's been sparring with the Pharisees and trying to deal with his disciples, who are still just a little thick-headed about what it is they are actually witnessing. He's looking for a little respite and crosses over a border into Gentile territory. He's tired. He wants to be alone. He's just, you know, we all get there. We just have to have a break. And suddenly this foreign woman is at his feet, begging him to save her daughter 
Now this is the same account in Mark as Jesus' encounter with the Canaanite woman in Matthew. Matthew's account is much more active. In Matthew, the Canaanite woman accosts Jesus. She follows after him, shouting in a loud voice, Help me, Son of God! She calls him Son of David. Mark's account is much quieter. She just comes to him, kneels at his feet, begs him to help her daughter. And Jesus speaks to her in a way that is pretty startling to us today. It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Did he... Did he call her a dog? Our Jesus? Did he just... Really? Nevertheless, she persisted. (laughs) This woman knew that this man could help her. She was an outsider, and she knew it. Accepting the status of the dog under the table, fit only to scarf up the crumbs, but she knew and she trusted that this Jesus was the one before whom she should kneel. And she knew she didn't even need a full share. She had faith that just a crumb of Jesus would be sufficient to save her child. And because of that woman's faith, we see a fully human Jesus alter his worldview. He has a smack-my-head moment. This woman, this Greek-speaking Gentile woman, changes his mind about his ministry to those outside the Hebrew faith. As a result, Jesus heals her daughter on the spot without even seeing the child. Now, to sort of consolidate the whole picture... Jesus' very next encounter is in another largely Greek area, the Decapolis. And don't get bogged down in the geography of Mark. It doesn't work. (laughs) A deaf man is brought to Jesus by his friends for healing. Jesus takes him aside, and as he is about to heal him, he looks up and he sighs. He speaks the Aramaic word ephatha. He only uses Aramaic three times in the Gospels. And this word ephatha means be opened. And of course it's easy to see that be opened can be applied to the man's deaf ears and to his mouth. But what if it's also just a small realization Another sort of SMH moment. 
by Jesus that his ministry is to be opened now fully to all. Not just the occasional Gentile, but all. Jew and Greek, women and men, believers and outsiders. We're all outsiders in one way or another. We come from different faith backgrounds. Some of us were born in other countries. Some of us speak different languages. Some of us have different colored skin. Some of us have different sexual orientations. Some of us have had more advantages than others or have suffered greater hardships. Still, we've all ended up here, called to this place, to this life. Why is that? What does that mean? How did we get here? More importantly, why do we keep coming back? It's God. God calling us all. He called me seven years ago in a room very similar to this. But He doesn't call us all to ordination. He doesn't call us all to serve on the vestry. He doesn't call us all to be here every Sunday. Shameless plug. Hopefully he will call you to sign up for one of St. Peter's ministry opportunities today. <laughs> but he is calling us all to himself. To God's own self. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah. The one before whom we kneel. Do we deserve it? No. Have we earned it? No. Can we earn it? No. To borrow from the right one Eucharistic prayer, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. That's why we're here. We crave the sacraments because through them we receive the grace upon grace of God. We know, like the Syrophoenician woman, that we can boldly make our petitions to God through Christ and faithfully rest in the assurance that we all have a place at this table, not under it. Now, like the deaf man, let us go forth from this place zealously proclaiming that good news. Amen.